Get ready and tune into the Doctor's Guide Podcast, raw and unfiltered, a unique platform to help you optimize your health through dynamic role-playing, real-life challenges with expert guests and your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, and this is the Doctor's Guide Podcast, raw and unfiltered. And have you ever wondered, you know, how to make the right decisions for yourself? I mean, you're faced with so many choices, right? You're faced with so many conditions and you have so many answers and so many opinions and so many influences out there. So who do you believe? And I recently learned this, this term, you know, the believable factor. And so part of the challenge is, is that how do you actually, as a consumer, as a client, as a patient, really navigate all that information? And even as a doctor, I mean, I'm a plastic, a reconstructive surgeon. I speak four languages. I grew up all over the world. Even I have a challenge, you know, to decipher some of this information. And so typically what I do is I go to those reliable sources because I also know who they are. And so that's partly the purpose of this podcast, to bring to you those believable sources that you can then further your, your questioning or your health journey with the right kinds of people because you want the right kind of guide to help and support you with optimum health. And so part of the, the reason or part of the, the process of this podcast actually is to recreate situations that you may have experienced yourself. We may know that somebody else is experiencing that. And so how do we actually do that? We're gonna do some role playing. And I'm grateful and blessed to have uh, Dr. Orman and Dr. Brewer on the show today, very accomplished uh, physicians or health practitioners themselves in to guide you as to how to navigate that process. And so um, Dr. Orman will present with a specific problem and then Dr. Brewer will guide um, Dr. Orman uh, with the process by which to get a resolution. So we're gonna do that for about six minutes and, um, and then we're gonna unpack all of that. So, as the listener, you'll get some insights and you'll also get some uh, action steps that you can proceed to get that kind of resolution. Now, in this role playing, you know, the uh, my guests get to choose who they role play. And so it may not be something that's personally theirs, but certainly something that they can relate to as well. And for the purpose of this podcast, are sharing it with you today. And I say that specifically because Dr. Orman has a specific role play, and you'll realize why I just shared that with you. And so before we get started, you know, I'd like to introduce both Dr. Brewer and Dr. Orman to the show, have them share a little bit about themselves. We'll start with Dr. Orman today, and, um, and then later on we'll discuss, or they'll have the ability to share a lot more about what they do, and also give you the inspiration to go see them as well. So Dr. Orman, Dr. Burrow, thank you so much for joining me today. And Dr. Orman, just share a little bit about yourself and then we'll go with Dr. Brewer and then we'll figure out what role play you're gonna play. And then we'll go into the role play as well. Dr. Orman. Awesome, thank you. Uh, so my name is Dr. Matt Orman. Uh, my background is a doctor of chiropractic and I've gone into the world of kinesiology, sports medicine and acupuncture. And uh, I started my clinic working with athletes. And so over the course of nearly 17 years, I've seen about 85,000 different patients. And I've treated every patient encounter like just a, a lab. And, uh, and in that time, I discovered I wasn't really treating neck pain or back pain or knee pain, but I was treating stress, treating, treating physiological stress. 
So that's become the, the focal point, the niche that I found in my practice is I've really learned to, to listen for, to find the sources of stress and eliminate that, eliminate that stress and restore the body back to balance. Yeah, and I think that's such an important component to you know any of the imbalance of that we have within us that then also manifests in the physical form, mm-hmm. and then we think it's just purely a physical form, um, and then we try to treat it with you know like in medicines when in reality we need to be addressing something else. And we'll be talking about that later on uh, after the role play. We actually had that conversation on the last podcast, and so for those listeners, this is an important element that you're going to want to uh, focus on. To, in order for you to optimize your health, especially if you feel that you're stuck. Dr. Brewer, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm an optometrist by profession and kind of like same as Matt. I actually started my specialty practice as a sports division practice. So I, I, I played sports my whole life. I played, you know, four in high school, played in college. And basically, like, I love treating athletes. It's fun. So I started working with, you know, volleyball players, football players, and then that developed into a, a concussion practice where, you know, a lot of these athletes would get concussions. So I started treating that as well. And my background is more visual rehabilitation. So most people think optometrists as glasses and contacts, which I do that as well. But I also do a rehab side as well. And that is such a big thing in, in our culture today is concussion. Um, and it's a very interesting dynamic that happens with concussions. And so I'm very eager to find out more about what's going to happen during this role play. And so what is your role, Dr. Orman? So I am a 17-year-old female athlete. I've had several concussions over the past uh, few years. My most recent concussion has been, that was two months ago. And I've been to a medical doctor. They told me to rest. And so we're just, I'm resting and it's not getting any better. I'm going to call you Kim. Very good. Okay, Kim. So I looked at your history form and, you know, I saw that you went to a medical doctor and a physical therapist and, you know, they told you to rest and they said that the results were all negative. They did like, you know, a CAT scan, MRI and everything came back pretty normal. Um, Tell me what's happening with with yourself right now. How how are you feeling? So, you know, I feel like I don't sleep very well. Um, You know, I have a headache. It doesn't take long. I'm going to school and I, you know, I can't read more than a couple pages without my eyes, and, and just it just feels heavy. I feel tired. Um, you know, I I can't play my sport until I'm cleared to go go back to through my doctor. You know, so I'm just in this space. I don't know what to do. I'm depressed and I'm just frustrated. That's that's really hard. I mean, I, I can only imagine how you feel like not playing your sport because you know I love playing sports too and. It really, I'm mean, gonna be honest. It sucks when when you can't play. It it affects you emotionally and mentally. Um, tell me, tell me about those headaches. You said you had headaches. Um, where where are they located at? So it feels like it starts in my eyes, but pretty soon it's like it's my whole head. Just it feels like a helmet, but it's like tightened onto my head. For sure. And and you mentioned that you got you got them when you're doing reading. That too. Yeah. The headaches are kind of constant. They, they're not as bad. Sometimes they're a little worse, but yeah, my, there's a certain amount of fatigue that just sets in. If I'm reading more than a couple of pages, um, it's it, the, I, yeah, the headache gets worse. My eye fatigue is there. Now, when you're, when you're reading, does it ever like do the words ever look like they're moving or kind of have a shadow to it? Uh, I would say so. Like, yeah, you know, as fatigue becomes worse, it still feels a little blurry almost. I got to just like concentrate to make it 
make those words focus. That'd be so frustrating. I mean, yeah. I can imagine, you know, like you being an athlete and being in all these, you know, really advanced classes in high school and it's, it's, it must be hard for you. And are you able to get your homework done at all or? Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And how, and you said you had some sleep issues. Um, typically what, yeah. time, what are you doing I, before you go to sleep? Let me ask you that. Let's say that again. I'm sorry. So what, what do you do before you sleep? What are you, what, what are you doing? Like, oh, with I'm on my phone, you know, I'm, I'm talking to friends, checking, checking stuff out. Social media stuff, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I got, got to follow up on all the friends and, and family and whatnot. Um, so, okay. And that's, and typically what time do you fall asleep? Around 1130. 1130. Okay. Interesting. So, and then do you ever wake up at night? Yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't feel like I'm even sleeping sometimes. Sometimes I'm just kind of aware of myself resting and I don't, can't tell if I'm asleep or awake. Okay. So, you know, you came here because I'm obviously an eye doctor and you're probably wondering, like, you know, I, I saw in your history too, that you've been an optometrist in the last six months and, and it said that you got 20-20 vision, no glasses, you, you're not wearing contacts or anything. So I guess my first question for, to you is what's your understanding of what 2020 is? Oh, yeah, yeah I, so what I understand is, you know, that we think of 2020 as perfect vision. So it's, it means that I see perfectly well. Spot on. And honestly, that's what everybody says. Well, probably about 95% of the people literally they'll be like, yeah, perfect vision. And honestly, all 2020 means is the top number 20 is that you're viewing a chart from 20 feet away. And the bottom number refers to the size of the letter. So you can have 2040 vision. You can actually have better than 2020 vision, which is 2010. And a lot of the baseball players in the major leagues will have that kind of vision. So you can have better than perfect vision. So all 2020 refers to is the clarity of how you see. Now, vision is a lot more complex than that. You actually have eye focusing or your eyes focus. So like when you're reading, your eyes have to focus. There's a muscle in your eye that has to contract and focus the lens to make things clear at near. So if you things are going blurry when you're reading, a lot of times you have a disconnect in that focusing mechanism. And when you have a disconnect, you can have eye strain, which can cause actually headaches over a course of minutes or hours. Um, there's a lot more components to vision. It's how your eyes team together. So if your eyes don't work together as a team, you can have shadowing when you're reading, like a almost like a double vision, but not quite double kind of looks like the words are moving. So a lot of times people will skip lines or have to reread lines and whatnot. So there's a lot of these components of vision in the visual pathway. There's eye teaming, eye focusing, you have to track with your eyes. And on top of that, you also have a whole like visual cognitive component where what you see, you still have to process it. And then you have to make a decision based off of that. So a lot of times when I'm um, training my athletes, I talk about vision, decision, action. So vision is the first part, what you see. Is it clear? Is it double? Is it single? The next part is decision. So it's your brain taking that input vision and making something of it, packaging it together. And then from there, you have an action, whether you move your eyes, whether you feel fatigue in your eyes or whether you feel headaches or you're, whether you're happy or whatnot. Um, so that's kind of like the basic foundation of vision. And there's other inputs to that it's integrated with. So vision can be, has a big connection with the vestibular system. So there's like actually a lot of inputs. There's like hearing, taste, smell, touch, you know, proprioception, tactile. 
Um, there's the Vesuvius system as well. So there's all these different types of sensory inputs that come in all day long. But vision has a really intimate connection between proprioception and the balance system, the Vesuvius system. So a lot of times when you get a concussion, it affects that relationship between those three inputs. So today what we'll do is we'll do a few tests to see what's happening. So we'll test your eye focusing system. We'll test your eye tracking, your eye teaming. We'll test your vestibular system, how it connects to the vision as well as the proprioception um, system. Yeah, so from there, basically, from there, we're gonna have to like the task basically. Yeah, like, um, and in this scenario, there were deficits in the eye focusing system, eye tracking system, a little bit with the eye teaming and the vestibular disconnect was, was, was crazy. So when we did like the modified CTSIB, there was a huge disconnect in um, basically how they were balanced. So like if they had a, if they were just testing the vestibular system that fall over, they had major proprioceptive issues, which is interesting because you think that they would have nothing because she was a great volleyball player. But when you're actually testing those systems individually, there's a big disconnect so that she had issues with her vision, vestibular, and proprioception, which caused a lot of these symptoms. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. And just for the listeners, proprioception, uh, proprioception, that's the tactile, it's, it's feeling, it's pressure. And then the vestibular is, is the ear. So um, Dr. Orman, what was that for you? What was going on? Um, and why do you choose that? Uh, so what was there for me is just, you know, the information it's, it's awesome to see genius on display. And so I, I, I hear brilliance in what Dr. Brewer is sharing. And, uh, and I think, you know, from a patient's perspective, it's really always nice to know first that the doctor hears you and understands what you're going through, but then that they, they do have the knowledge base to find the solution. And so what you did, Dr. Brewer is, is, uh, you know, unpack my symptoms and then we're connecting dots along the way and just educating. Because again, I think I think pain or you know the symptoms that we have are it's, it can be scary because you don't know what it means exactly, and so you know your ability to connect the dots to what it actually means uh, was was super impactful. Awesome, um, Paul. What was that for you? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of times it's interesting. We got a lot of great doctors out there, MDs, PTs, chiros, and chiropractors, and optometrists that see what concussions do to your other parts of your body. But there's a lot that just say, hey, go home and rest. And, you know, most of the research nowadays, even when you look at like the, you know, the Buffalo concussion protocol, like they're, they're saying now, like, you know, you should get prescribed active rehab 48 hours after a concussion. But a lot of times I see these patients months out, like literally months or even years. I have patients that come like a year and a half later, how they, when they find me, and they're still having these visual symptoms, these vestibular symptoms, and and all they've been told is is to rest. And and so I guess my point is like you know it's it's good to look for these things, look to see if they have an eye focusing or accommodative issue, if they have an eye tracking issue, if they have a eye teaming issue, and if they do, then can we do something about it in rehab? Can we rehab it? What I like to say is like I like to normalize things, then optimize things. So normalizing is like they have a eye focusing issue that's below normal which is causing headaches so you bring it to normal and then from there you optimize it and make them above normal so they can actually be more robust so if they had a concussion again it's less likely that they'll have the impact from the concussion affecting them 
Yeah, and just for the listener, with, with my limited uh, understanding of concussion, and uh, Paul, clearly, if, if I get anything wrong, please correct me, because we don't want to misguide right, the sure. listeners. But basically, when you do get a concussion, that's a major shock, and what results there is a lot of inflammation. And part of the challenge with the inflammation in the brain is that it's going to affect all the information transfer. And so you described different uh, parts of the brain that are processing different information, whether it's visual, whether it's the, the balance from the vestibular area, um, and which is our labyrinth, um, or the proprioception, which is our spatial you know, uh, feeling. And so with that information, those get disrupted. And part of the challenge, I think, with inflammation or concussion is that unless there's a very specific process to reduce that inflammation, that inflammation actually propagates more inflammation. And that's why these kinds of things can last for such a long time. And which is why um, in my own personal experience, using you know, stem cells to mitigate you know, the, the inflammation, and we've seen that with veterans um, that we've treated for TBI. So that's traumatic brain injuries, concussions, obviously with remarkable results. And so I'm curious, um, you know, Dr. Brewer specifically, um, because I just got a new insight because that's what I would tell people is look, uh, rest, but you're telling me we need active rehab. Prescribe active rehab. So a lot of times people think like, oh, go back and do run, you know, 10 miles per hour, like right away. Right. So like, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's actually three different types of protocols developed by actually John Letty. He's a, a medical doctor that treats concussions and is called a um, Buffalo concussion protocol. But anyways, one is a treadmill test. Another one's a, a um, biking test, like a stationary bike test. And another one is like actually an active March test. If you don't have those other, you know, like a treadmill or a bike. Um, but basically based off that one, like it, what it, they do is they figure out your heart rate where your symptoms are elicited. So like, say like if you're heart rate's at 130 and you start feeling those symptoms, that would be considered your max heart rate. And then from there you do prescribe 20 minutes of aerobic exercises per day at 80% of that. So you're doing exercise at a rate that will not cause symptoms. And, and what's the purpose of that prescribed rehab though? I mean, how does it actually affect the inflammation or anything else that's going on in the brain? A lot of it has to do with like, you know, anything with blood flow, but really what it comes down to is like, for the brain to recover, it needs energy and activation. So energy is everything from nutrition to sleep to whatever activation is, is actually like activating the areas of the brain or with aerobic exercise as well. So for me as an optometrist, how I activate the brain is I activate the pathways that control eye focusing, eye tracking, eye teaming, um, visual processing as well. So when you activate those, pro uh, those pathways, the brain's able to create different connections if they're damaged or rehab the connections that are that have deficits as well and so so what i'm understanding too if, and correct me again if i'm wrong is that when somebody does have a concussion um i think oftentimes what they probably do is completely ignore it or they go to the er get a cat scan um but they really should come to you when they have symptoms and and is it within with any kind of concussion that they should come to you, for example, to get those measurements? I, I think so. Yeah, because like what right. happens is we can at least get a baseline, and you know, and, and based off normal data, we'd be like, hey, this is where you have deficits at, 
And then you have two pathways. One is, should we watch and see what happens? Because in reality, I mean, like, I'm going to throw out a number. I'm pulling a number out of the air, but like maybe like 70% of concussions self-resolve. There's, but there's still like a 30% of them that will have persistent post-concussive syndrome. So after the one month, right? So I guess if you want to gamble, if you're that 30% or that 70%, in my opinion, it'd be better to at least get a baseline to see where they're at and then kind of either do active rehab or follow it and see how they recover. And so what kind of doctor do they look for then? Because uh, I'm sure this is new information for a lot of people. Right. You know, honestly, any, any doctor that does visual rehab, I mean, there's there's a neurooptometrist, um, even neurooptometrist that that actually do rehab because there's two camps, one that does more surgical and one does more rehab. Um, some so PT. So, so they, just have to ask, they just have to ask for visual rehab. Is that it? Yeah. And if you go to like, say, like if you look up neurooptometrist, you can find links for that as well. Like on there's okay. like a yeah, there's Nora, which is a neurooptometric rehab association. And there's websites like that where they can go to to look up doctors that actually treat that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to have to call a, a friend of mine that I just uh, advised uh, recently about their uh, concussion. Um, he is a young teenager and uh, got a knockout during his first uh, boxing experience. Um, so wow. interesting. So um, I know that uh, Paul and I have been doing all the talking. Matt, what 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 do you want to share? Uh, I love this. I could listen to you guys go after it all day. Um, what was present for me is is just your question, Dr. Bart, is like, where do people find this information out? Because it is, it's like the, the going, well, I'll put it in a, in a frame. You know, there's 12 cranial nerves. Four of those 12 cranial nerves go right through the eyes. But then you add the vestibular and cochlear function there. We have, so we have half the cranial nerves are, are in that, in those areas. And so when concussed, these are areas that will be affected. And, uh, and I've, I've looked at concussions through my lens and I'll do various tests and essentially, you know, and I heard you describe this, Paul, is, is bringing that, the hemispheric communication back together again is really such a, a vital key. Because again, you know, my vernaculum is where electricity goes, blood flows, and there's, there's parts of the brain that just no longer have great blood supply, whether it's due to, you know, accumulation of inflamed just tissue uh, or swelling that's blocked off, you know, new oxygenation to those areas. But this is just, it's vital to get new blood flow, to get new, new activation, is your words, uh, to those areas. And so I think, you know, this information, you know, while concussion is a very, uh, you know, it's a hot topic that we're, we're learning more and more about, I think we're still just scratching the tip of the iceberg, obviously, after speaking with you. So my, my question then, and thank you for that. My question then again, too, is that how much of a bang, you know, do you begin to get worried about? I mean, you know, mm. smacking me on the head versus a knockout. I mean, there's a big difference there. But, you know, where does it get pretty clear that, yeah, I need to see a neurooptometrist? Oh, for sure. Um, and that's actually a good question. When we talk about definitions, right? And the definition of TB, mild TBI, concussion, moderate TBA, that's changed, I don't know how many times, every like few years. I was actually just in um, Ireland at the um, a concussion conference there and they were actually coming up with a new definition or updated definition for mild TBI. And then they were comparing like, when is it a concussion versus a mild TBI? And there's all these different criteria, like there's six criteria. One is imaging and another one's like symptoms, signs and whatnot. And based off those criteria, you're going to either fall into concussion, 
mild TBI or or severe TBI. And that that's the hard part is like first de defining and and who believes which definition is right, right? Um, ultimately, what it comes down to is that like if you have symptoms, if you have issues, if you feel like you're not at normal, you should probably. Uh, and this is my opinion, and like I actually was on a panel this last year where we had like an MD, chiropractor, physical therapist, optometrist, um, athletic trainer, and we did this panel for concussions at different conferences, and like it was cool to see different professions and see how we all treated it. And ultimately what comes down to is I think there should be a interdisciplinary team, including everyone from every profession where they do their thing, where they have their expertise. But for the consumer, right? Yeah. So obviously if someone gets knocked out, well, that's that's a trip to the ER, right? Correct, yeah. Right. Um, what about just get a big knock and you're just a little dizzy for about 30 seconds? Is that, you know, a ticket to the ER too, or do you just wait, sit and wait? See, that's a hard that's a hard question because like I mean really like that like usually that's like in a, a training facility or maybe in a game right like so an athletic trainer a lot of times will fall, will fall what's called the absence of suspicion test so like basically if they have certain criteria met then it goes to the ER if it doesn't hit those criteria then most likely they don't but a lot of times people err on the side of you know like it's bad and send them to the ER anyways and I guess ultimately it's better to go to the ER and find that there's nothing wrong than not going and having something that's bad. So basically, I mean, you could be hit in the head and it just hurts like hell versus yeah. you're having some other symptoms where it just gets a little blurry, you know, maybe it's a little, you know, auditory loss. So you're hearing loss um, or some sort of imbalance, you know, with the knock, that's probably, you know, enough of a reason to get further evaluated um and then with with you know some imaging like a cat scan typically um without contrast right and um and then obviously if you you've already gone to the er then you might as well go see someone like you basically. yeah correct so if you if you if you have like imaging and it's all negative and there's no major issues like you know some kind of injury like herniation or whatever so um, let's say yeah. it's negative so it's, it's all negative yeah then then but i, I i'm still dizzy and then I, I would I would go actually come see me. Yeah, I would do okay. some baseline testing, see where they're at, because there's a lot of things you can do to kind of create new pathways to okay. basically make the vision, vestibular, proprioception work better together. Okay. So basically any any symptomatology, any any symptom after the fact, then it's let's go see you and, and potentially even not getting the CAT scan, right? But just see you at least and do some metrics and then... Uh, because no, sometimes, sure. sometimes concussions can be delayed, right? It can be, yeah. And and honestly, like everyone heals differently. It's it's kind of interesting because like, you know with concussions, like everyone follows a different pathway. So like you treat one concussion, it's not like you treat it every single one. Every patient has generalities that are similar, but they're all different, which throws obviously a curveball each time. But um, I I would get assessed every single time. I mean. Especially if dizziness can be visual or it may not be, it could be a neck, it could be cervicogenic. It could be, it could be other things too. So it's always good to get checked from a, at least an MD, you know, physical therapist, chiropractor, OD as well. So I, I've totally deviated from my normal practice on this podcast because um, I had one patient and, you know, I was kind of still in the dark and I basically said, look, go to the ER anyhow. 
but for the listener, this this is what the takeaway that I want you to hear. And then again, correct me if you have any adjustments, uh, both of you, by the way, is that if you get a pretty significant knock and you have no symptoms, you, ha you haven't lost eyesight, you're not dizzy, you know, it's just like a, an instant thing as you got knocked, maybe a second or two, you're done, fine. But if it's anything more prolonged than the actual knock itself, so we're talking two, three seconds after the knock, um, or even worse than that, then absolutely go to the ER, get checked. And if you're not doing that, um, at least, you know, and, and you're symptomatic, at least get the assessments. Uh, because the assessments is something that I was not aware of. I don't think many people are aware of. We all know about, uh, get a CAT scan, but sometimes those are delayed. And then even if you present with a, a couple of, you know, symptoms a day or two later, even nausea, even vomiting, anything like that, even with a negative CAT scan, get assessed because um, that's where that active rehab can come into play um, because, you know, getting a concussion can be pretty serious. W would you add anything else to that, either Matt or Paul? If I may add, just, you know, there's, there's some subtlety involved here. I hear Paul just really, you know, navigating the subtlety, you know, in, in addition to, you know, the, the majors. But even like post-concussion, we'll see like mood disturbances, like mm. someone who's generally, you know, cheerful or, you know, optimistic right. or whatever. Like that's, that's something that's not a small thing. It's more subtle, but it's, it's significant. Um, you know, sleep disturbances are another thing that, again, we, we kind of just like, we don't necessarily uh, stack these symptoms together. But, you know, post-concussion, it's just being the awareness of stacking these symptoms together because it, it does affect things. And, and sometimes it's not the dizziness or visual disturbances, but it is like, wow, you know what? You know, he no longer, you know, his appetite's changed or, you know, there's there's several things that are, that are, are so important. Anything, anything out of the norm, go get yeah. checked. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, oh, go ahead, go ahead. sorry. No, go ahead. No, I think a lot of times people wait too long. Like, again, I was telling you earlier, how like I see people a year and a half after the fact. So they got a year and a half literally out of work or going half pace at work and just trying to push through it when they could have gone like at three months or a month out and got the right help. Well, a key takeaway is, you know, whether you get instant, you know, symptoms or even a week or two later or even a month later, go get checked. Don't wait. Uh, it's pretty serious and can affect a lot of different things. Well, I want to thank you both. Uh, I like to wrap it up uh, first with, um, Matt, how do people get a hold of you? Thank you. Um, so email is a good way. It's dr.matthew.ormond at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook with uh, Matthew Ormond. I'm on Instagram with uh, Matthew Ormond, also Dr. O. Um, and uh, and I respond in any of those, those formats. Great. Paul? Yeah, um, you can reach me by email, um, brewerpm, B-R-E-W-E-R-P-M at gmail. I'm also on social media. So I'm on social media. Username is a Diverge Neurovision. So D-I-V-E-R-G-E Neurovision. And you all heard him say he's okay getting texts and also responsive to your questions. And certainly when it comes to things like this, you know, absolutely, you know, reach out to them. So I want to thank you both. Um, yeah, I uh, deviated from my normal practice. I usually let you guys do all the talking but I really wanted to make sure that people understand some simple steps, uh, simple awareness. You know, you talked about that too, Matt. 
and um, how to move forward. And this is not something that is ever trivial. Any symptom is significant and must be checked out. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher. This is the Doctor's Guide podcast, raw and unfiltered, uh, bringing to you some incredible individuals like uh, Dr. Orman and Dr. Brewer today uh, to help guide you uh, through the process of optimizing your health. These are believable sources. Your job is to find those believable sources, have the discernment to make the right decisions, because ultimately it's entirely up to you. You certainly don't want to wait a year and a half before you want to do something about it. That's just a waste of time. Thank you, and we'll be, we'll be back. Thank you for listening to The Doctor's Guide, an innovative approach to help you navigate the complexities of your health journey with Dr. Bart Rademacher and his expert guests. Tune in to more insights and action steps in our next episode every weekday at 6 p.m. Eastern.